Hey, hey, peace and greetings, everyone. You are tuned in to Goddess Talk Radio. Yay, I'm so happy to be back. I'm so happy that you guys are here, tuned in and listening to all the wonderful things we got going on. As you already may know, or may not, this may be your first time, and if so, welcome. Goddess Talk Radio is where you get to listen to phenomenal women all over the world share about doing extraordinary things while living their best lives. It's about the rise of the feminine divine. Yes, it is. Y'all can see it. Y'all can feel it. At least I hope so. <laughs> because it's so real in my world and it's so real in the world that I see around me. Anywho, y'all got some fire on the line. And I and to even use the word fire is like so appropriate because fire um, is one of our ways in which we can connect to the ancestors they show up in fire a lot of times um but anywho i'm so blessed and so honored to have this woman on the line via london yes london england uh people of the diaspora are doing some fantastic things all over the globe and i'm just so proud to have you know come through such a great and powerful um Humans, you know, group of humans here. So without further ado, we're going to get into this conversation. Everybody, please join me in welcoming Miss Verona Spence Adolfo. She is the co-director of Ancestral Voices. Hey, Verona. Hey, Daphne. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Much appreciation to be on Goddess Talk Show. So thank you. Yes, yes, you are most welcome. Yay! <laughs> I am so excited to have you on the line, Verona. We connected, we've been friends on Facebook. So this is our first time interacting, um, you know, voice to voice. So it's it, true, it, I just, yeah. <laughs> I can feel your heart space right now and it just feels so wonderful. Um, but we've been connected through Facebook for some years now. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, just jogging my memory, you are one of the people that I reached out to during the time when I was doing some work. And it's okay if you don't remember this, but I think I was doing some work on um, the International Day of Grieving. And I was just like typing in ancestors, ancestral, and seeing what was coming up. And your project was one that came up and I was just blown away. And then I think I did some research. I'm like, I gotta find out who's doing this. And you <laughs> popped up and then I sent you a friend request and you were just very open and welcoming anytime I messaged you with questions or you know, ideas about um, doing a screening here in Cincinnati, Ohio and the States. Mm -hmm. And you were always just warm and welcoming happy to answer questions, happy to work with me. And I thank you for that. Ah, thank you for reaching out. <laughs> of, of course. We were even in London. Yes, on our way yes. to Africa, me and Nzinga. And you hit me up like, you're in London. <laughs> I'm like, you're oh on my, my doorstep. <laughs> I know, at your doorstep. And I didn't even think, like, reach out to Verona. That would have been uh, such a wonderful opportunity because we were there for a layover for like eight hours wow. and um, we went out into uh, Kensington and Paddington by the time we did those two things it was time to hop back on a train and head yeah, back to yeah. Heathrow so um, anywho ancestral voices let's let's have a conversation about that tell me just everything <laughs> about that project, um, how you got started, what moved you, why, why ancestors, 
um yeah just take it away verona yeah no problem so Ancestral Voices, for those who are not aware, is a, well, it started off as a documentary um, about African spirituality and why we as a people were quite clueless when it comes to the subject and why it's been um, depicted in such a negative light. So the film is basically um, kind of asking the question, if there are so many similarities that we can find in Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, why is there such a negative perception of African spirituality, but and all these other religious um, philosophies are upheld and respected? And the reason um, for making that documentary is based off my journey and my husband's journey. And so it's a, a documentary that's made by a husband and wife team. In fact, at that point, actually, when we met, we weren't even husband and wife. We were just kind of seeing each other. But because we were both um, being led down this path to question our own spirituality, but more dealing with the African aspect of it, um, w- once we came into certain research, we're like, wow, this completely contradicts all the negativity that we had been taught. Mm-hmm. So for us, it was like, wow, you know, we have to you know, we've got to talk about this, like, why is this not, like, big news? Why don't we know about this? And so we combined our skills. I mean, I've got experience in sort of uh, producing video content. So I'm more of a producer, sort of a behind-the-scenes person who can bring things together. Dalian also has a creative background as well. So we thought, let's just merge our skills together and go ahead and do this. So At this point, I wasn't able to edit. I've sat in edit studios for so many years of my life, but I've never physically edited. So I literally learned whilst we were doing stuff. I literally got my camera out. We were filming. We used our own funds to travel to Ghana, to travel to Egypt. And we just wanted to do as much as we could to try and document these traditions and really put it out there and create a platform to discuss people's perceptions of African spirituality. And so that included interviewing various different people based in the UK, as well as traditional practitioners in Ghana as well. So we have some Okomfu on there, which is a name that um, you call traditional shamans in Ghana. And yeah, the whole documentary is just dealing with various aspects. So, um, we do the sort of comparison with other religions, but then we also ask questions such as what's the impact of the media on these spiritual traditions. Um, We also look into the impact of colonialism and Mm -hmm. how that has impacted our perceptions. And as well as, is there a spiritual consequence for us turning our backs on it? So that was our first film that was made all the way back now in 2011. Wow, wow. Okay, so Goddess Talk Radio is also another space where I get to be curious. So please forgive me if I ask a question that may seem a little juvenile or ignorance because I I really, I I really don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. So when you talk about, well, first, what was one of the most poignant things that you discovered, like, along this journey in doing this project? Um, I think, sorry, excuse me, if I do cough a little bit, I have a bit of a cold at the moment. So. Oh, it's okay. That is a-okay, and we hope you feel better. Thank you. Um, but yeah, uh, I think there's been so many because 
um, you know, ancestral voices evolved from one documentary and now there's two and there's a book and there's all these other learning resources such as online courses. So we really have um, dedicated almost the last 10 years of our lives really dead, um, exploring this subject. But I think for me personally, um, that stood out the most, I think, was the concept of God in African cosmologies. And I think when I came into that knowledge, I was like, wow, I need to learn more. And so basically the concept of God, um, the your, you know, the most high, uh, the creative force, whatever you wish to call it, mm-hmm. um, unlike you may find in modern religions where it's kind of uh, all dedicated to one particular male entity, in mm-hmm. African cosmologies, um, that force exists in all aspects of life. It exists in you, it exists in me, it exists in the trees, the plants, the rivers, the rainwaters, you know, the fire, the earth. And, and I just found that so beautiful because if you do believe in a higher power, and I just find that the most sensible thing to believe would be that it's manifested all around us, that it's just the only thing you can literally believe in is what is here and our, what is here is our natural environment. Mm. And I think even just that understanding is very humbling as well, because if we even look towards nature, we see that it does nurture us. It supplies us with food. It provides us with medicine, everything we need is actually organically produced in this world that we have and so I just think it's such a beautiful philosophy um but yet it's been so heavily demonized that it took me so many years before I even managed to wipe away those kind of the the fear um veil that was covering me for so many years before I could even come into that wisdom Wow. What, so was there a single event or experience that you had that, um, that set off this chain of reaction for you and your husband to create this um, document and the book and all of that? So was there like a thing that happened or a series of things that happened that, that led you there? I guess I'm just wanting to get a picture painted of how that process was or what that was. Yeah, I would say, um, hmm, good point. I think we we both went through our own series of things before we met each other. Okay. Um, by the time we met each other, we were already on the path. So mm. for me, it's like, oh my God, you, you, you'll think this way as well. Like you're already on this path. And I was amazed to even find someone else who was also asking these questions because I was at a time in my life where I was single and I kept attracting a lot of uh, mainly Christian guys and I knew that mm, this is not really what I'm looking for so I don't know it was just really kind of enlightening to meet someone who kind of had the same sort of philosophy and outlook on life that I did and I was like wow this is truly amazing um, mm. so he actually gave me when we first met a book by Maladoma Somme called mm-hmm. Of Water and Spirit and I truly <laughs> believe that that film was a massive sorry, that book was a massive catalyst um, towards me thinking, okay, I need to really explore this area a lot more thoroughly and not just explore it, but to document it as well. So I'd say reading that book, um, but prior to that, prior to meeting my husband, um, I think what 
kick-started my personal journey um, was just starting to question reality in general. I became quite heavily into like the whole conspiracy thing after 9-11. And then I kind of got into the whole new age movement and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. introduced sort of spirituality and spirituality in a way that I'd never been taught before. Um, growing up as a child, I was never really kind of tuned into religion. I just, it didn't resonate with me. But when I came into these new age philosophies, I was like, wow, for the first time I've actually touched into some sort of truth. And it's only through kind of researching more and also developing a a more, how would I say, a more cultured awareness of myself. So just kind of looking into myself as a black woman, as an African woman, I'm, you know, of Jamaican heritage, born in the UK. So once I started to embrace that and learn that, I felt like literally the ancestral path started to open up and then I was able to be navigated to the right information and the right people and then it went on from mm. there wow what have been or has there been any challenges that you've come um, encountered along this journey of creating this uh, documentary <laughs> definitely I feel without a doubt and we both will um, testify to this is that um Making the films, both of them actually, have just been huge challenges to the point where, I don't know. So if I speak about the most recent film, so the most recent film um, was in development for five years. It's called Ancestral Voices, Spirit is Eternal. Um, Throughout that process, we started filming in 2013 and we went on whenever we could uh, you know, get some funds together, we would film a location and go back into edit and stuff like that. So it dragged on for quite a while. And I remember being heavily in edit, having all the timeline done of all the interviews that we had, which worked out to be roughly about two hours of interviews already edited, working from a 10 hour cut of raw footage. And then having the hard drive of my computer keep cutting out during the edit. And I knew oh I to cry. I was like, <laughs> and oh, um, Lord. yeah, I remember at the last try, just thinking, oh my God, let me try and back up this footage. And luckily I was able to back it up one last time before the, the, the drive completely crashed out. And so we had experiences on the first shoot where we'll turn up and like the batteries have died on the camera and stuff like that so we couldn't film and we really felt like when you're dealing with stuff like this there are energies who don't want this information out I mean we can see there's been a concerted effort to suppress this information to make sure it's constantly demonized and because we're working against that grain we did feel like there there were definitely challenges that we faced. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you talked about colonialization and the media as being um, culprits in the demonization of African culture and spirituality. And what type of ways have... Okay, I'm sorry about that, guys. Thank y'all mm-hmm. for um, hanging in. Uh, we got cut off somehow. Um, anywho, so I was asking Verona, um, you 
said that, uh, you know, you talked about colonialization, colonialization and the media being culprits in the demonization of African culture and spirituality. And I believe I was asking for you to kind of like identify um, some of those ways in which it manifests. Oh, yeah, definitely. If I'm not mistaken. For example, I wasn't raised in like a strong Christian household. I mean, I was a Christian, um, but we didn't go to church every Sunday, but we had a Jesus on the wall picture and all that kind of stuff. But um, it wasn't like a strict upbringing. But however, when I started on the road of African spirituality, I found that one of the first things I was asked to do was call on my ancestors. And I, I was like, well, what does that mean? How does that entail? You know, what is and I remember being at a point when I had a candle lit and I was going to call on them. And at that point in time, I became really fearful. And I'm like, where's all this fear from? What am I scared of exactly? Because it's not like, you know, I'm that mm. where I'm thinking that some devil's going to come and get me. But then I realized how much, because I've seen so much stuff in the media and how much Hollywood has influenced how these traditions are perceived. Yeah, I was and I was literally thinking oh my god is something gonna jump out the wall or you know I just my mind started going all these kind of crazy places and so (laughs) that's just an example of how these films that we see Mm. can imply that I was at a point when I was physically fearful to make a change in my life the change that actually ultimately worked out to be a positive step in my life but because I've been so indoctrinated by what I had seen, I've built up this natural fear around this area. And that's that's very problematic. So there's so many examples of films out there like Devil's Advocate, um, Child's Play. And I mean, even the other day, I literally just Googled voodoo horror films and there's millions of them, no lie. Like there's so many. And it just goes to show that it's become so normal to have our traditions demonized that we we don't even question it we're just like oh yeah you know that's just what it is that's how it is and most of us don't challenge it we see that as oh yeah that's right those people they do things that we shouldn't be doing it's in the past it's backward and so all of this sort of media propaganda over the years has ultimately led people away from the spiritual traditions of their own ancestors Mm. and in many cases it leaves them fearful of it or they completely demonize it and they see it as something as unworthy and something that shouldn't even be open for discussion wow um in terms of colonization i mean that's been a huge impact so um as what we mentioned before i mean i was raised in a christian home and i know for many people that is that is a shared experience if they're not raised christian they're raised um a muslim and it's it's just become so ingrained in us as a people that we don't even look at our ancestral traditions as something that is worthy of acknowledging today they see it as something in the past that should be left alone and whilst we've adopted these external religions we've discarded what i would now say especially after this research something that's very fundamental to our very being Mm. Um, one of the main tenets within African spiritual cosmologies is to honor your ancestor. And as we know, that's now been kind of shown as, oh, they worship their ancestors and blah, blah, blah. Whereas it actually isn't. It's more of an acknowledgement and a reverence for them. 
Um, because in the African worldview, it's understood that there's no such thing as death as such. It's a transition. So even though they're not here in the physical, they still exist in the spiritual. And from mm-hmm. the spiritual realm, they are still able to act as guardians and guidance and give you guidance along your life. And what's most important to recognize as well is our ancestors exist within our very DNA. They are part of who we are. I mean, there's scientific studies now that have come out um, during the studies of epigenics, um, which now confirm that you can carry genetic memory from your ancestors and carry out those very, sorry, carry out those very traits, those personality traits. You may have um, certain behavioral patterns that are the same, or you may have the same phobias. And this is stuff that our ancestors were telling us years ago. They will, they'll tell you um, if you can look at the child um, of, of a child that's recently been born and they may favor an auntie or somebody who existed previously. And they'll say that that's that child born again in this reality. So there's so many things that we can learn from just acknowledging these traditions. But because um, colonialism has done such a great job on us and so has the media, many of us will not even put themselves in a space to learn because they've conditioned themselves that ah, it's not worth it. There's nothing to gain from this wisdom. Wow. I can definitely relate to that experience, you know, coming deeper into information and knowledge, should I say, of doing certain things. I have felt fearful, you know, that fear you talked about, like, oh, my God, yeah. is something going to jump out the walls? Exactly. Am I going to be stuck? Is this, <laughs> is this energy? Like, you know, one of the big things I always used to hear is you better stay away from that stuff. Um, them yes. demons will stick with you and you won't be able to get rid of them, you know, just that type of stuff. Exactly. And it becomes the voice in the back of your mind at times when you're engaging in certain things or even just learning about or thinking about <laughs> a different way. You're like, oh, my God, let me stop that thought. I don't want to open the door to something you won't be able to get rid of like definitely I I even had someone say to me oh my god what are you doing a film about obia for and obia is the word that Jamaicans call African spirituality and it's just like people just as I said they cannot see the relevance of doing it it's like people will talk about Buddhism Hinduism all this kind of stuff speak about, about African spirituality a lot of people will just shut down because that's what they've been conditioned to do. So the fear is very powerful. Yes. And so that was our motivation with making the films to make them very educational and to break it down in a way where everything is clear, um, that there's no room for error, that a lot mm. of these myths and stigmas can be removed. And for us to kind of debunk all the sort of fake information that has been put out there that has been used intentionally to keep people away from this subject. Yeah. And even with the, the Bible, I'll use that for an example because I'm more, um, I have more experience with the Bible. I know a little bit about, um, you know, Islam and there, even Islam has a, like a mystical um, aspect or counterpart and that might be like if I'm not mistaken like the seven um, percent or those type of things so for like the 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 Jewish aspect the Kabbalion is more like the mystical aspect or even with Christianity and in the Bible I found that you'll see things like an altar you know when you go to church they want you to go to the altar and leave these type your 
problems or your sacrifices or your offerings there. And those are all African. That's a very African thing to do, to have an altar to your ancestors or for a different deity or whatever. And I just find it very interesting that they, and I know it's many, many layers to this whole thing, but the fact that it can be in the Bible and they can use it in this church, um, but still at the same time, make you so afraid to have one in your home. Exactly. And this is it. You know, we will happily go to a church and, as you said, put an offering or light a candle at their altar. But people will frown at you if you suggest just having an altar in your own home and lighting a candle for a past relative. Somehow Mm -hmm. that's a big deal. It freaks people out. But um, it just goes to show how the condition is so deep. But what it does go to show is that... um, these African traditions have not disappeared at all. I mean, they, they're around us in many different forms, in many different aspects, and across various different cultural traditions that exist today. Yes. And I think it's now a time when people just need to embrace who they are and not be apologetic for embracing their African self. And that's what happened to me. I got to a point where I was like, wow, once I, once I recognized what was going on, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm not... I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm going to allow my ancestors, sorry, my ancestors to be disrespected anymore. I mean, I can't do that because, I mean, something I saw recently, which I think is worded so well, is that you're not responsible for the program that programming that you received during childhood, but you're responsible for it when you reach adulthood. Mm. You know, once you figure that out, then it's your job to make sure, cool. I understand it, I recognize it, and I'm going to make sure it doesn't continue for another generation. Mm-hmm. So many generations now, and it's like we collectively suffer from an, a spiritual inferiority complex, and that's no good. Wow, right, inferiority complex um, from things that have you know, been appropriated and used right in front of our eyes, but we've been shunned away from doing it. Exactly. Because when I started to get into these new age teachings, it took me a while before I was like, okay, a lot of these things actually exist in African spiritual thought. So one of the things, if we look at the whole law of attraction thing, which is really huge, I was massive uh, about 10 years ago now, everyone's like, the law of attraction, the secret. Right. (laughs) On our journeys, we went and filmed Credo Mutua in South Africa. And he told us that the most powerful thing and the most authentic form of African prayer is to pray with images. So imagine that this man is in his like 90s in Mm. South Africa. And he's saying that is traditional African prayer. That's how you pray. You pray, you think in your mind, you visualize it to the point where you can smell it, that it becomes a tangible thing in reality. And I was like, wow, wow. look at that. Mm-hmm. And we will, we will buy all of those books. We will read all those self-help books, but then we will still shun our own African spiritual traditions. Mm. Deep stuff. Mm. Yeah. I felt that. <laughs> I just felt when you said and then, that. You know, it's like a yeah, sadness just came over me when you oh, said that because I, I see that a lot I really do wow Mm. and then I went to Haiti sorry one more thing I was gonna say I went to Haiti in 2013 I spent time with Professor Baina Bello who is amazing she's just so she's so knowledgeable in all these traditions and she also 
confirmed to me that yes, in Vodou, um, your your the whole thing is when you pray, you visualize, and the the whole intent is for you to manifest that you act as a creator in your life and you can bring things forth from your mind to your physical reality. Yes. And, prayer. and I was like, wow. So, you know, the elders are telling us this information. They're, they're saying, this is what we do. And then in this current reality now, we are struggling because we're not even embracing who we are and the teachings that we could benefit from, from our own ancestral heritage. Wow. So you guys obviously have went all over the world filming these projects, correct? Um, not all over the world. We traveled as far as we could. So we, we traveled to two countries on our first documentary, which we fully self-funded. So that was Ghana and Egypt. Oh, and, wow. And the UK, obviously, where we live here anyway. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then... For the second film, we self-funded the trip to uh, Haiti, Brazil, South Africa. And uh, in fact, no, I believe we got funding for Brazil. We did the others by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it was just a, a constant uh, desperation to try and see if we could get more funds to try and complete the film. But we initially put up about 60% of the film by ourselves. Wow. That is yes. so powerful, beautiful, and just yeah, I mean, the we dedication. Just to create a film that was more comprehensive than the first, because as I mentioned, there's so much knowledge that we've come into into this time, and it was important to be able to break it down in an educational format that could ultimately be used in educational institutions as well. Because if we're going to change how African spirituality is addressed then we're going to have to also look at how it's dealt with in academia as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Powerful. So I bet that there were obviously a lot of trending themes in all the different places that you went. But mm-hmm. what were some of the things that were just um, different that, that stood out along your journeys, like Brazil versus um, Egypt? Uh, so Unfortunately, with Egypt, we weren't able to get to speak to anyone who was well-versed in the tradition. So that was unfortunate. So we didn't really get to cover that um, in the first film. However, we did have people like Professor James Smalls, who is very very knowledgeable on Kemetic teaching. So he spoke in part two. Um, But what we did find is that you can go from ancient Kemet to in southern africa to um east africa to west africa and you and you'll find that across all these various different cosmologies there are still core reoccurring themes so number one you'll find the concept of the creator still exists as the same as i mentioned before we have this omnipresent energy that manifests itself in all aspects of life you'll have nature forces so that's when you're breaking down each aspect of nature and that was also quite a a fascinating study for me as well so every single aspect in nature is broken down and categorized meticulously and these are what has now become known as deities and so deities represent nature forces ultimately Mm -hmm. and what else would I say is the third criteria the other criteria would be ancestors no matter where you go across the continent 
you'll find the notion of ancestors and revering them um, as a way to complete and continue that cycle of life. Uh, divination is another thing that is a reoccurring theme. We found that that across the various cosmologies that all cultures have their own form of divination and it can appear in different ways. It could be uh, shaking a calabash, it could be um, throwing cowrie shells, it could be counting stars, which I recently came across among the Amara of Ethiopia, they do that. And it's just wow. beautiful because, you know, even every day now, I'm still coming into new information. I'm like, this is mind-blowing. <laughs> and then there's also ritual. And, you know, ritual in itself is just, wow, you could be talking about ritual on its own for days. Yes. Because it's so expansive, but it's so part of the African worldview. And it's something that I feel is really missing from today's society. And I think that implementing ritual in our lives, whether it's on a personal basis, from whether it's lighting a candle for an ancestor or pouring a libation or doing a particular ritual for something you want to manifest into your reality, but also collective rituals. So rituals around someone's birth, um, also people's deaths, all of those things play a massive part in how our whole life experience um, plays out here. Yes. Wow. So beautifully said. Verona, tell us how we can get engaged with your projects. How can we find and view Ancestral Voices? Um, what is your website? What is your email address? <laughs> All of yeah, those things. Cool. So, um, <laughs> so yes, you can find us online. So we're www.ancestralvoices.co.uk. We also on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and Tumblr. And on those platforms, we do share various posts of information of things we've come across over our eight-year period of research. And we also ask a lot of thought-provoking questions as well to help engage our audiences and just kind of get us into a place where we're kind of thinking and questioning our reality. So please come and join in any debates that we have um, you can also check out our videos on our website. So if you go on to the, I believe it's the shop page, it will bring up all of our films as well as the online courses that get really in depth for those who really want to implement an African spiritual authentic life. Wow. Okay, so Verona, we're going to have to do a part two and That's talk cool. about those things. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But I really have enjoyed being on the show and I really appreciate you having me on. So thank you so much. Oh, wow. No, thank you. Well, you're welcome. And thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and for doing the work that you and your husband are doing. It's powerful. It's it's um, great work. And I'm so thankful that you guys are here doing it. <laughs> Thank you very much. You are most welcome. Well, guys, I told y'all it was going to be a wonderful conversation. Make sure you are hitting up that website, um, watching the videos. Uh, Verona, real quick, if you got, when you guys get done with part two, will you be doing another tour um, of um, screening the film? Part two is actually finished, but we haven't. So that's actually released and available. So for everybody who what listening, Ancestral Voices, Spirit is Eternal is available. And you okay. can now purchase that. 
Um, we will not be doing any tours at pre present due to just kind of family commitments and everything like that. Um, we have been doing a lot of watch parties and things on Facebook, so you can kind of get a preview just to get an idea of what you expect to see in the film. So please do stay tuned to us if you are on Facebook as well. Wonderful. All right, guys, it has been real. It has been powerful. It has been wonderful and beautiful. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. This has been Goddess Talk Radio. Make sure you are favoriting this podcast. Make sure you are sharing this podcast. There's also now an option. Anchor is so awesome, right? It gives you the option to support this podcast in increments of like 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month. And I think it goes up. And there may be even an option for you to put in the amount that um, you desire to put in. That would be so appreciated. Until next time, y'all, stay beautiful, stay positive, stay powerful. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Live your life, be happy. <laughs> and stay tuned for the next installment of Goddess Talk Radio. Peace.